tonight we are going to talk about the encounter with God. If you were to call me right now, I would say, hey, do you remember when you met Jesus? Yeah, but the church hurt me. Do you remember when you met Jesus? I haven't been to church in years. Do you remember when you met Jesus? She left me. Do you remember when you met Jesus? And that's what we need to go back to. That's what we need to just keep reminding ourselves. That's what we need to keep reminding our children. That's what we need to keep reminding anybody that we talk to of the encounter that we had with God. In a few minutes, I'm going to share a testimony, a couple testimonies of my life when I met Jesus. It might be different than yours, but it was an amazing experience. And I can relate with the Apostle Paul because of that experience, guys. I love you out there. I don't know where you guys are at, but I love you. They try to kill Paul. Keep it in mind. They might try to kill you because you preach truth, because you're just feeding people. They might try to kill you because you give sandwiches to people. They might try to kill you and, and, and cause your ministry to stop just because they want to grow over you. It's a fleshly, it's a carnal mentality. Um, when it comes to gospel, we're always pushing others above ourselves. When it comes to the world or secularism, uh, they're always trying to kill the man of God, the woman of God. So please use discernment, people. They threw him in prison. They threw Paul in prison. So tonight, guys, we're going to be talking about the encounter part two, Apostle Paul part two. And if you want to move in the fivefold, if you want to move as an apostle, if you want to move in the in the power and the authority of God, I encourage you to preach the message of when you met Jesus, when you encountered, when you had that crazy experience on the road to Damascus. Apostle Paul part two, it means a sudden radical life-changing experience. That was his message of the Apostle Paul throughout his ministry. Are you preaching a sudden, radical, life-changing experience? Remember, he was persecuting the Christians, and he thought he was doing the right thing. He thought God was using them. But how many know it's okay if the Holy Spirit changes your opinion, your outlook, your view? It's okay. I want... What I'm preaching today, I pray God changes me and makes me and shifts me and molds me and changes my view every single day. It's okay that that we change tomorrow, next week, next year when it comes to a scripture. It's okay to learn, keep growing, keep learning. It's a sudden, I pray that you would be reminded when you had a sudden radical life-changing experience. Maybe you used to be in the club all the time partying. Maybe you were the one on that on that on that uh stage. You were just up there all night just partying and dancing, letting everybody just look at you while you were up there dancing, dancing, partying, partying. And then all of a sudden one day God came into your life and changed you. Blessings to all our people from set free I'm very grateful that we have internet right now. We just had a radical um, lightning thunderstorm here in the Sunrise, Florida area. I didn't think we were going to be able to have this Bible study tonight. Uh, Desiree Burns and all your family and all our people, we love you. But thanks to God, I'm right now talking to you about a sudden 
radical life changing experience. And, and I'll get into it in a second, keeping in mind that Paul, he spoke different languages to kings, commanders, those in authority, elders, and public crowds. You got to be able to speak to everybody. You have to be able to speak to your mama, to your daddy, to your aunties, to your grandma. You got to be able to speak in different languages. I, I go and speak to the, in Spanish. I try to speak in native. I try to speak in Chinese and Japanese and Korean. I try to talk to everybody in their language because God has called me to reach all people all people keep my husband in prayer, please. She says, Father, we lift up uh, Desiree Burns. We lift up her husband, my good friend, mighty God. I pray that we pray that you touch him, that you have your hand on him right now, mighty God. Holy Spirit, we ask that you comfort. We ask that you encourage him right now and strengthen him. Make him strong, mighty God. Let him make announcements over himself, mighty God, of of the great experience of Jesus, mighty God, right now, right now, not tomorrow, but right now in the name of Jesus. Hope you guys are doing well. I'm excited to be here and keep it in mind that the apostle Paul had a rhetoric. What is rhetoric? A rhetoric is the art of effective or persuasive speaking or writing, especially the use of figures of speech and other compositional techniques. Guys, do you have a rhetoric? I know recently in our recent times here in our country, there's been leaders that have not had rhetoric. They just say whatever about every ethnic group. They don't know how to talk about women. They don't know how to talk about, but it's important if we're going to move like the apostle Paul, we have to have a rhetoric when it comes to our expression, the way we speak and write and the way we talk. You know, people might not like you. They might want to kill you. They might want your ministry to stop, but you still have to have a rhetoric. You could blow up on people and say, why did you do this? And why did you do that? And you have to say, instead of saying like that, you have to say, hey, man, I don't agree with the way you handled my ministry, but I love you. I don't agree the way you treated me publicly. I don't agree. I'm a man. I'm looking you in the eye. I, I love you. But I don't agree with the way you handled the ministry or, or handled my children or handled, uh, you know, this situation. Paul testified sharing wisdom and understanding of this amazing turning point in his life that changed his attitude, perspective and belief. Thanks to the Lord Jesus that met him on the road to Damascus while he was persecuting the church. It's okay, guys. Tonight, we're going to be talking about God Almighty change our attitude. Come into uh, our homes right now and change our attitude, oh Lord Jesus. Come into, uh, come to my workplace and change my attitude. What is an attitude? A settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something, typically one that is reflected in a person's behavior. Change my attitude radically. Mighty God, Holy Spirit. Um, so many things have been going on, but I want you to change my attitude. You know, when I live in, in when I'm in California, people will honk every once in a while. They'll honk. 
you know, maybe I'll do something dumb on the road and accidentally I put my blinker on left, but I'm really going right. I do it sometimes. And, and uh, they honk, uh, in Florida, it's a honking culture. They honk for anything. And it kind of like startles me like, hey, homie, why are you, why are you honking like that? You know, the light turns green for a split second and I'm still trying to put my foot on the gas and they're already honking. Lord, change my attitude here in Florida when it comes to the honkers, when it comes to the people that just honk for nothing. Change my perspective, my point of view, Lord. A settled way of thinking, feeling about someone or something, typically one that is reflected in a person's behavior, a belief. Change my belief, mighty God, the belief system. Father, I want to walk in great faith, so I give you the freedom, Lord Jesus, to change the way I think. Father, I trust you, mighty God, and I have confidence in you, oh Lord. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the Apostle Paul, part two. I am excited, guys. I'm so excited. I want to get loud right now. So I turned my mic up a little bit, and I'm, and I'm toning it down, and I'm just allowing God to speak tonight. I was just in prayer and prayer. God is going to change hearts tonight. God is going to radically remind you of that life-changing experience. Um, I'm excited about that. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Paul's conversion. Instead of it saying Paul's conversion, let it say Desiree Burns' conversion. Let, let it say Dr. Rob's conversion. Let it say Battle Axe. Let it say uh, Ray Baldonado's conversion. Tonight, guys, be reminded of the radical conversion. I remember um, I was raised a Catholic, so we would go to church every now and then. But when Jesus came into my life, and I'm going to be sharing about it tonight, Man, he changed me. He had me crying. I couldn't get off the altar boogers. I couldn't stop crying for, for like a year straight because of the radical change. I knew I was wicked. I knew I was sick. I knew I was evil. And God came into my life and gave me a reality eye-opening experience to show me what I needed to repent of, showed me what I needed to get right with. Tonight, guys, it's time to get right. The Apostle Paul got right. He thought he was doing the right thing. He thought he was doing the right thing. And God was like, nope, you're wrong. So let's keep this in prayer. Tonight, turn to Acts chapter 9, people. We love you. We honor you. I'm saying these things because uh, I want you to grow, Miss Cynthia. I want you to grow. I've known you for years now through Facebook, through social media, and I want you to grow. I've watched your pictures. I see how you are with your children. I see how you are an advocate for Victory Outreach International. People might not even know us, but God is saying, I know you. I know who you are. I know what you're doing. So keep supporting. It doesn't matter if they support us or not, sister. You support. You be the supporting person. Let's pray. It's going to be an amazing message. I know it's going to be for somebody. Definitely, this message is for me. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up Florida, California, Louisville, Kentucky. We lift up all those abroad in other countries, mighty God, that are 
uh, listening to us right now, mighty God. We lift up all our people from the great state of Colorado. Uh, we lift up all those, mighty God, that have hurt us, that have dogged us, that have tried to kill us, mighty God, and kill our ministry, kill our voice, kill our, kill our message. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love them, Father. Bless them and keep them, Father. We pray that uh, you would cause them to grow, that their land would grow, their creativity would grow, mighty God. Holy Spirit, be with them and dwell with them in the name of Jesus. Tonight, guys, Acts chapter 9, uh, the fact of changing one's religion or beliefs or the action of persuading someone else to change theirs. Tonight, guys, we're going to be talking about change and the way the Apostle Paul changed. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 says, And saw yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. The apostle Paul that we're going to be talking about tonight that had a crazy, radical, life-changing experience before he met Jesus, he had the authority and the power to go out and put Christians in prison. He thought he was doing the right thing. Verse 3 says, And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. This is his experience, and I want you to pay attention uh, as he journeyed, the word journeyed means as he departed from life, meaning he departed from what he wanted to do. And he, he thought he was doing his calling. He departed from what he was used to being raised in the multicultural Tarsus. He thought he was, he was stepping into his calling and he departed from Saul's life into God's, whatever God wanted him to do as a messenger, as a liaison, as an emissary. He believed with all of his heart that he was righteously doing the calling of God. God, guys. Verse 3 says, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly, tonight, I pray that there is a suddenly. I pray that God would come on you right now unexpectedly. Sometimes people are raised in the church and, and they can't be preached to. My daddy was a pastor. My mama was a prayer warrior. You don't, you can't tell me nothing. I pray that God would come upon you right now and trip you out and open your eyes to how real life is. We all need change. We all need revival. We all need breakthrough. All of our kids need Jesus. I pray that God will come upon you and surprise you right now. I don't care how long you've been in church, whether you've been in there for years, you might be the apostle of the last days and, and this great influential uh, influential person that everybody knows, but even you, sir, 
even you, woman of God, I pray that right now that God would surprise you right now with new revelation, with fresh manna, with a fresh anointing, with a fresh outlook, a fresh belief, a fresh word from God Almighty. I don't care who you are, who you're under. I don't care if you were under Gamaliel, the highest. I don't care if your teacher, your mentor, your pastor, your apostle is the highest chief apostle. I pray that God would trip you out in the name of Jesus right now. I pray that he causes you to be surprised right now. Like what? Like what? That's how I want you to be. That's how I want to be right now. If not just tonight, every day when I get up, I want to be like, like imagine seeing an angel and you're like, and tonight we're going to be talking about that. As he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. There shined, there flashed around him. This man who believed he was doing, he stepped away from his own life. His, his, maybe he stepped away from his old, just like um, Elisha in the Bible. Elisha left everything to follow Elijah, the man of God. Maybe he wanted to be like Elisha and he left everything. He thought he knew it all. He had all the mentors. He, he was around the cliquish community. He sat under the biggest people. And all of a sudden God came down and said, you don't know nothing. And, and a light shone around him, a great light, a great fire right now in the name of Jesus, whether you're in Japan, Tokyo, or Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, or whether you're in Louisville, Kentucky, I pray that God Almighty would come down on you like a great torch, like a great fire right now, like the light that surrounds angels right now, that all of a sudden it's just not a little light. All of a sudden it's an eye-opening experience, a type of light that you know you're ugly, that you know you're in sin, that you know you're not right, that you know you thought it was right, but all of a sudden God's like, that's not right. That's not, that's not cool, man. And I pray that you would have a torch fire experience. The purity of God would hit you right now. This brilliant quality. All of a sudden, you thought you were doing right. And in the midst of you thinking you were doing right, the power of God hits you. And all of a sudden, you understand. All of a sudden, you have the power to understand and know what is truly right that you would have a moral and a spiritual truth type of awakening in your life. You think you're doing right. You think you're walking in your great calling. You left your life for, for the call that you believe was God. You might have went to some ministry, paid and, and fundraised and, and begged everybody for money to go out to this ministry to find out that that's not what God wanted you to do. And all of a sudden you had a revival experience from the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden you realize that what you were doing was wrong. What you were doing, because we can be like, oh, I got the anointing. I don't need to listen to you. I don't need to listen to you. You're old. You're not relevant. You, you ain't walking like I am. You're not running and gunning like I am. I'm all over the world. And God's like, you don't know nothing. God's saying, I want to expose 
some things in your life right now. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined right about him a light from heaven, guys. Imagine you, you, you're going to church and it's just mediocre and it's like, ah, that was cool. You know, I, I don't know if it was for me, but it was cool. And all of a sudden, a light from heaven, from the place where God dwells, comes upon you. Verse four says, and he fell to the earth. This is his experience, guys. He fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, why do you persecute me? Tonight is the night that we, 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 we come from our high place and God's saying it's time for you to come down low. It's time for you to humble thyself. It's time for you to listen to what I'm trying to get into your heart because I have plans for you. I have an appointment for you. I have a divine calling for you. But it's time for you to come down so that I can speak to your heart because your calling is precious. You, I've hand selected you, but right now you're a little too high for me right now. You need to come down and be taught the right way. And Paul, under the light from heaven came under a condemnation. All of a sudden, he knew he was wrong. He knew he was being condemned. Oh, man, I've been doing wrong. I've been persecuting the God's people. Man, I thought I was doing the right thing, but I was sending these guys to prison. I, was, I killed Stephen. I was a part of that whole thing right now, man. And there comes a time where God's like, it's time for you to be judged. That's how the feeling you get, the experience you have. When the power of God, that's what revival is supposed to be. When the power of God comes down on you, all of a sudden you're running to the altar because you know you're wrong. I'm speaking to myself, people. Don't think that I'm pinpointing you out. I'm speaking to Robert Ornelas right now. I'm speaking to myself right now. He was overcome. Paul was overcome by terror. All of a sudden, the fear of God, the astonishment of God came upon him. He understood that he failed. He understood. He thought he was doing the right thing, but his eyes were open that he actually failed. Have you ever been there where you thought you were doing the right thing, but then to come out and realize that it was wrong, that he failed. He fell to the earth and he heard a voice. He, he, he gave ear. It was like giving an ear to a teacher or to a teaching. This gentleman called Saul of Tarsus was under the highest rabbi in history of the Jewish community. But all of a sudden he heard something that was greater than his teacher. He heard Jesus. I pray that you would hear Jesus tonight, guys, not through Robert, but that you would take these scriptures and that you would hear Jesus. He said, why do you persecute me? Why are you driving me away, Paul? Have you ever met a, a, a person of God, whether man or woman, and, and you go to the church and they're giving malakara, 
They're, they're mad dogging you because how you dress, because you got tattoos, because maybe, um, you know, your family is this, this family that nobody likes and they're driving you away. And, and all of a sudden they're, they're, they're talking about the people, they're dogging the people. And all of a sudden they go up there to the altar, hallelujah, hallelujah. And they get up there and preach and worship and everything. And they get off the altar and they're driving people away. Why are you pursuing me in a hostile manner? Why are you harassing me like that, Paul? Saul, why are you dogging me like that? You trouble me. You think you're doing the call, but you're troubling me. Verse 5 says, and he said, who are you? All of a sudden, he heard a real teacher. All of a sudden, he heard the voice of God. Who are you? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus, whom you persecute. It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, arise and go to the city and it shall be told you what you must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul rose from the earth and when his eyes were open, he saw nobody, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, guys. That was his experience. What was your experience? What was your experience, guys? Can I share a testimony of my experience of when I met Jesus? Can I can I share that with you guys so that you know where I'm coming from? Because I want to know where you're coming from. But tonight, I'm going to share when I met Jesus. When I was 12 years old, my parents got a divorce. And I was broken in pieces because I, I was I was being raised to be the next leader of my Ornella's family. So I, at a young age, I cared about my family so much. My grampy, my grammy, my uncles, my aunties. I cared about my family, the future of my family. It broke my heart when my uncles were in prison. I cared about my family, my cousins. My I cared about my family so much. But at twelve, my my, my parents got a divorce. It broke me. It devastated me, wounded me, it was traumatic. My mom took me to Mexico and one of my cousins prayed for me. And when he prayed for me, I remember there was only four people in the room, in this little room in Mexico, in San Luis, Sonora. And when my cousin, my tío, when he prayed for me, all of a sudden, I saw that the whole room was filled with people dancing and, and I tripped out and I felt lightheaded and I was like, what is this? There's people dancing. Who are these people? And everybody said, what people? Who are these people that are dancing right here? That was the first time. And after that time, my life went upside down. Everything got crazy. It got confusing. I didn't understand life after that. At 18 years old, I, I rented a room in Garden Grove, California with one of the people that I worked with. It was during the most loneliest time of my life. I was already a teenage dad. It didn't work out. I was alone. I was hurt. I was devastated. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. I was, I was just wounded. And I remember... 
I came home from work. I worked graveyard. And I remember I went to bed crying, God, I'm so wounded. I'm so depressed. I'm so sad. I, I want my baby boy, Robbie. I'm, I'm so hurt, God. What's going on, Jesus? Help me. If you're real, help me. I kept saying, if you're real, help me. If you're real, help me. Ayuda man. If you're real. I remember I was laying on the bed and I, I fell asleep. And as I fell asleep, I felt my body elevated. And I heard a voice, a, a soft voice. I, I was asleep. It was like a dream. And I heard a voice say, Robert, why do you fear me? There was this light, this bright white light. And I heard this soft gentle voice and it had the spirit of love in a way that i've never experienced before and the love was so strong that it scared me it terrified me and all he said was why do you fear me and i knew it was jesus it was so much love that i i tried to shake myself awake and I remember I I I I was I I just kept shaking my head to wake up in my sleep, and I finally woke up. And when I woke up, I could see my feet bouncing on the on the bed. My body boom like fell, and I seen this white light just go while I'm awake, and I got the chills, and I was scared. I was like, Jesus is real. At 23, I remember I, I finally had committed my life to Jesus. I finally said, okay, Lord, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to serve you. And I remember I, I was at a church on the altar crying, God, you called me to be a group. You didn't call me to be solo. Give me the name, God, of, of this group, God. Give me the name, God. Father, you didn't call me to be alone. You didn't call me to be by myself. You called me to be a part of a group, mighty God. Give me the name. I fasted 40 days. Give me the name, God, of this group, mighty God. In the name of Jesus, give me the name. I, I, I was really seriously seeking God with all of my heart. Give me the name, God, of this of this group, God, that you're calling me to because I know that I'm not called to be by myself. I will never be solo. If I go solo, I'll quit. What is the name of this group? There was nobody at the church. There was nobody in the, in the building. There was nobody on the property. And all of a sudden, I heard, sons of God. And I remember I... I I looked and all the hairs stood up on my body and I got the chills and I didn't know where to run. I ran to the bathroom and God was there. I tried to run to the store and God, I didn't, I didn't know where to go. I was so in shock that I heard the voice of God. I was in shock. And that's how I came up with the the name SOG, that's how I came up with the name Sons of God, was through an audible voice of God. I lined it up with the word of God. There was uh, prophets and 
and evangelists and teachers and Paul and, and Barnabas and the Holy Spirit said, separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work that I've called them to do. It's scriptural. What kind of experience do you have with God? What kind of experience, guys, are you sharing with people? I've, I've never really shared how, how I experienced the power, how Jesus walked into my room during the loneliest, how God empowered me with certain names. I never really talk about it, but God wants us to share it with people like the way the Apostle Paul did. Tonight, guys, we're talking about the Apostle Paul, part two, blessings to all our people from around the world, blessings to all our people from North America, the South Pacific, all our people from the Bahamas, all our people from Cuba, the Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, all our people, man. We welcome you in the name of Jesus. Turn to Acts chapter 22, and here you have when Paul speaks. You have to speak whether people want to kill you or not. Don't be afraid. Say, share your heart. Tell them. They might want you to stop, but you can't stop. You will never be able to stop. You have to share your heart. He shared his heart in Jerusalem. They beat him down. Are you still going to share when you finally get to Jerusalem, when you finally get to that place where where God says, God told us years ago, I want you to go to the Grand Canyon, inside of the Grand Canyon and work with that tribe. And, and, and God opened that door. God's like, I called you to, the, to Brooklyn. Go to Brooklyn. And God opened that door. God's like, I called you to all the islands of Hawaii. The doors were open. I'm calling you to Alaska. We went out there. God's like, I'm calling you once you touch foot in Puerto Rico, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. We went out there. The last one that I just did was the Florida Keys. God's like, he gave me dreams. He's like, I want you to go to the Florida Keys. I just went there yesterday for the first time. So I'm believing that new doors, new windows are opening up. So go to your Jerusalem, guys. Whatever the vision is for you to go to, do it, guys. Whether they beat you down, whether they try to kill you, speak. Paul spoke. He spoke to the chief captains, the soldiers, the people, the men. He spoke to brothers and fathers. You speak like the apostle Paul and share of your experience of how you met God. Hey guys, I, I really don't know how to talk. Um, I, I don't even, I didn't even study for tonight, but you know what guys? I remember when I met Jesus and he came into my life and it was a suddenly type of, I didn't even see it coming. And he changed my opinion, my outlook on life, my view. Acts chapter 22, verse one says, men, brethren, and fathers, Hear you my defense, which I make now unto you. They were beating them. They were trying to kill them. They, they, they put them in, in jail. What are you going to do when they, they put you in jail? Call, collect, and try to get out? Or are you going to speak to people and preach the gospel? Acts chapter 22, 2 says, And when they heard that he spoke in the Hebrew tongue to them, 
they kept them more silent. And he said, he spoke to them in, in Hebrew. You have to be able to speak to, to in Hebrew to the Jews. You got to be able to speak in Greek. You got to be able to speak the language of the barbarians. You got to be able to speak the, the language of the place that you're at. Verse 3 says, I'm verily a man which am a Jew. He says, I'm born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in the city at the feet of Gamaliel. He's sharing his testimony. He's testifying, saying, I was under the great teacher and, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers and was zealous towards God. I was so compassionate, thinking I was doing the right thing, thinking I knew it all under the greatest teacher. Verse 4 says, and I persecuted this way under the death, binding and delivering unto prison both men and women. I was taking everybody to prison. I didn't care. I, I thought I was doing the right thing. I left my life for what I thought was the call that God called me to do. As also the high priest does bear me witness, and all the estate of the elders from whom also I received letters unto the brethren, and went to Damascus to bring them which were there bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. I wanted everybody that was false to be punished. I thought I was doing the right thing. Verse 6 says, and it came to pass that. As I made my journey, as I stepped away from what I wanted to do into the call of God and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. If you remember, he talked in, 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 in Acts 9, he's seen a light from heaven. But after years, he formulates his opinion of his experience, and he says, it wasn't just light. It was a great light. It was a large light. This light was wide open. It was so loud. Imagine light that is loud. It was so loud and large. It was violent. This light that I saw from heaven was so strong that it changed my opinion. This was a great moment in my life. I've been under the greatest teachers. I've been, my family was wealthy. I, I sat among different types of people and understood different ethnic groups and economic. I understood everybody, but this was a great moment. I see it for the rest of my life. The experience when I met Jesus was the grandest scale ever in my life. I've had, I'm blessed to be married. I'm blessed to have children, grandchildren, but the experience from God was the greatest ever that I've ever experienced in my life. And I fell unto the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And I answered, who are you, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you persecute. He said, he, he thought about it. All, years go by and he's like, I formulated my opinion. This is how I see it. This is what I heard. He says, 
I am, the voice said, I am Jesus of Nazareth. I'm an inhabitant. God was telling, Jesus told him, I live in Nazareth. I'm an inhabitant. I reside. I dwell. I am separated. That's what Nazareth means. One who is separated. And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spoke unto me. And I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, arise and go into Damascus, and there it shall be told of you of all the things which are appointed for you to do. He's he's adding, He's all of a sudden, he's adding to his story. He thought about it for years. He thought about the road to Damascus experience. You need to go back and reflect of the past when you met Jesus, and God's going to add more stuff to the message of this appointment. All of a sudden, he's like, Jesus told me that I'm appointed. Jesus put my life in order when I was on the road to Damascus. All you people that are trying to kill me, all you people that want my ministry to die, all you people that want to be bigger than, than Robert, bigger than SOG, all you guys that want to be bigger, I want you to know that when I met Jesus, he put my life in order. He arranged me. He gave me an assignment. He caused me and called me to be responsible. He agreed upon my life, agreed upon me in the name of Jesus. Verse 22 says, and they gave him audience under this word and then lifted up their voices and said, away with such a fellow from the earth. They heard his testimony. He was being sincere. He was sharing. He was sharing his heart, how he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, how he seen this great light that was so powerful that changed his opinion, his belief, his outlook on life. And the first thing after they listened to him, they said, away with this person from the earth. Let's take his head off this earth for it is not fit that he should live. Imagine somebody that had an amazing, crazy experience with God and everybody else, because they didn't experience God like that, they're like, he needs to die. He's not fit. This guy's not suitable to be a part of our group. He's not appropriate. When he preaches, he's not appropriate. He, why is he always talking about the apostle? Why is he always talking about Paul? He's. This is not the type of message. That's not the tithe message. He's not preaching like we're preaching. He's not relevant for today. His message can't help nobody today. This message that this cat is preaching is not proper. It's not correct. It's not right. We need to get rid of this person off the face of the earth. He is not fit to live. He should not enjoy life. He's doing more than we are. He's not worthy of the name that, that he has. He's not worthy of the name 
of Jesus to represent Jesus. He's not worthy. This guy, he shouldn't be active. Who does he think he is? He's not rolling with us like that. He does not deserve to be blessed. Why is he moving like that? Why is he so strong like that and active and efficient, meaning he's doing more with less? We're sitting here paying top dollar. We're sitting here paying for the marketing. We're sitting here paying all this money, and this guy pays no money, and he does more than we do? Minimum waste? This guy don't waste nothing. He has little expense and this guy's going around the world like that we're paying millions and billions and trillions of dollars and this guy pays nothing and he does more he is fresh why is he so fresh like that he doesn't deserve to be on this earth right now he should not live right now i don't know who this is for but this is for me guys Hebrews 13, 16 says, but to do good and to communicate, forget not. Don't forget to communicate, guys. I want to encourage you, communicate your message. Communicate with your wives. Communicate with your husbands. Communicate with your children. Communicate with your community. Above all, communicate with God. For such sacrifices, God is well-pleased communicate. They might want to kill you. Communicate how you got saved. They might want you dead. Communicate how you got saved. They might hate your name, sons of God crew. Communicate in the name of Jesus, guys. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I will also reject you that you shall be no priest to me, seeing you have forgotten the law of your God. I will also forget thy children. Some people, they get the stars in their eyes and they forget that this is ministry and we're to put others above ourselves. But instead, they're so purpose driven. They're so, uh, it's all about me and, and this is my time. And, and let's step on the people that have helped us and step on these people real quick. And God's like, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I will also reject you. A lot of people it's easy to be blinded. Apostle Paul was blinded. He's out there persecuting the church, man and woman, taking them to prison, thinking he was doing the right thing. And all of a sudden, the revival, the power, the light. Later on in life, he shared it wasn't just a light. It was a great moment type of light. It was something that he thought about that changed his opinion, changed his life, guys. Like I said, we had a lightning and thunderstorm. I didn't think I was going to be able to preach this message. But before uh, the Bible study was supposed to start, I got Wi-Fi. I got internet access because God wanted somebody out there to hear this message to come down low from this high place and come down low to be taught 
by the Holy Spirit. God wants to teach us, guys. God is our teacher. Man should be confirming what God, our teacher, is teaching us. I pray that you don't take it personal when people want to kill you because all you're doing is sharing the love of God. All you're doing is giving people a sandwich. All you're doing is giving people children's clothes. All you're doing is is the simple things of loving God, loving your wife, loving your family, loving your children, and and doing the little things that God has called you to do. And because of that, people want to kill you. Don't take it personal. Don't let... Don't let the drama stop you from being loud. You walk in the Great Commission. It's great. Man didn't call you. God called you. I love you guys out there so much. The Apostle Paul. That's what we're talking about tonight, part two. We welcome everybody from around the world. I thank you for uh, supporting us. Thank you for listening to me as I share my testimonial of how I met Jesus. You might have met Jesus differently, and it's okay. Paul, The apostle Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus, and it tripped him out. Your, your experience might be different. You might have met him in prison. You might have met him in the rehab. You might have met him in the office building. You might have met him at home. You might have been watching Benny Hinn. Uh, years ago and all of a sudden on TV and all of a sudden you start crying and all of a sudden this godly sorrow comes upon you or you might have been watching somebody I don't know and all of a sudden this godly sorrow comes upon you and you repent share that people share that with your brothers share that with the with the elders share that with your fathers share that with the soldiers share that with the chief commanders share that with the kings guys that's that's how it is to walk like the apostle Paul. Don't don't worry about how they look at you. Don't worry about whether they pay you or not. Don't don't worry about if they listen to you. Don't who cares if they want to kill you. Tell them a la brava. Tell them straight out. This is how God met me. This is how I met God. This is how I met Jesus. Like this. Oh well. Thank you, Lord, for freedom of religion. This is how I met Jesus, and and. Because of this, that's why I'm still walking with Jesus. That's why I'm still married. That's why my kids are still blessed. That's why I'm a homeowner. That's why I travel the world on no budget. I don't pay for nothing. I just travel around the world because God, because God pays my bills. You know, sometimes I'm like, God, how am I going to do it? And then I go into my account there's an extra $300 in my account. I'm like, huh? Oh, well. Then the next week, it's like, what? Another 500 in my account? How did that get? I'm not even going to think about it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't focus on it. I just focus on sharing how I met Jesus, on sharing, encouraging people to share how they met Jesus. I love you guys out there. I hope you're well. If anybody needs prayer, God bless you guys. Sorry for coming off like, uh, uh, but I'm in an Airbnb. I can't be all, I like to get loud. My dad is very loud from Summerton, Arizona. My pops, Victor Ornelas, he's loud. But you know what? That's how I like to get too. I'm a loud person. But God, 
God is 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 amazing to me. That's why I like to get loud about Jesus. I don't like to hide about it. I don't like to be all soft about it. I'm loud about it. This is how I met Jesus. I had lost everything. I was at my lowest. I was so depressed. My heart was broken. Everybody turned their back on me. I had no vision. And God came into my life and he spoke to me. A bright light came around me, a torch, flames, a fire. The type of light that surrounds angels came around me. And all of a sudden, my understanding opened up and I knew how filthy I was. I knew how dirty and rotten and nasty and corrupted I was. And and I started seeking change. I started asking God to forgive me. I started little by little. Every single day, I'd cry at the altar. Lord, change me, mighty God. Change my heart. I don't want to be nasty. I don't want to be a snapper. I don't want to snap out on people, mighty God. I don't want to be um, offensive, and I don't want to get offended, mighty God, no more, mighty God. I want to be a good dad, Lord Jesus. I just want to serve you, mighty God, all my life. If you've called me, mighty God, then I'll share how I met you. I'll share how you gave me the name, sons of God. I will share to the whole world when you surrounded me with the light from heaven, oh Lord Jesus, and change my outlook, change my opinion, change my view in the name of Jesus. I'm not here to play games. I'm here to share how I met Jesus, the way the apostle Paul shared how he met Jesus. That was his message. I'm not interested in building churches, so I, I can't, I don't, that bores me. I'm not interested in, in pushing out my CDs no more. That bores me. I don't care about all that stuff no more. That that bores me. I don't care about being popular. That bores me. I don't care about none of that no more. That bores me. What excites me is talking about how I met Jesus. That excites me. That blesses my heart. Oh, Lord, I remember, mighty God, in the city of Anaheim when I met you. When you came through, when you spoke to me. When you opened up your arms and wrapped your arms around me, Lord. And when I was at my lowest. When I was wounded. I didn't have one friend. Everybody turned their back on me, mighty God. Everybody was around me when I had stuff. Everybody was around me when I had assets, but when I had nothing, I didn't have one friend. And you came into my life and you became my friend. And we fell in love with each other. You've held my hand and you've never let me go, Jesus. Father, I pray that the same way you came into the Apostle Paul's and the same way you came into my life suddenly in a crazy way, I pray that you do that for my brothers. That you do that for my sister, Cynthia. She says, amen, thanks, bro. Keep it coming. God bless. Much love and prayers to you and your family. Amen. I love you guys out there, whatever part of the world you're in.
preach Jesus. All that other stuff is just garbage. It's just a waste of time. Who cares who's on top, who's popular, who, who, who's getting the most likes and the most views. A lot of the stuff, they buy that stuff. It's not even real. The church likes to get abused, it seems like, because they're believing people that they, they buy their likes, they buy their views. Oh, we're the most popular. And all of a sudden, they're fundraising out there, taking money from, from people. Let that go. Preach Jesus and let Jesus do it all. Let Jesus organize everything. I love you guys. Father, we praise you, mighty God. Praise you, Jesus. Before we go, mighty God, before we before we go back into this storm, this lightning, this thunder out here, mighty God. Father, we praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the Damascus Road experience and changing our outlook, oh Lord Jesus. We pray for the minds and the hearts of our brothers and our sisters. My friend Adam Baca, his daughter is missing. Father, in the name of Jesus, bring her back. Bring her back, oh Lord Jesus. Praise you, mighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. A fresh anointing for our brothers and our sisters, oh Lord Jesus. Praise you, mighty God. We praise you. We honor you, mighty God. Thank you for coming down in a great light. Thank you for coming down, oh Lord Jesus. We praise you, Father. I lift up my home state of California, Lord Jesus. I pray that you let me come home one day. I pray that you open up an opportunity for me to come home. Rearrange our lives, oh Lord Jesus. Make adjustments. Do what you need to do in our lives. Make everything straight. Everything that's crooked, make it straight, oh Lord Jesus. Te damos gracias, Señor. We give you thanks, oh Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Lift up my dad back home, Lord Jesus. I lift up my mom. I lift up my sister Violet back home, mighty God. I lift up my little brother, Victor, in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, mighty God. We love you, Jesus. Love you, mighty God. Thank you for blessing us with Wi-Fi tonight, mighty God, internet. Love you guys out there. Miss Cynthia says, we pray for supernatural favor everywhere you travel. 
and grant you the desires of your heart, bro. Very proud of your obedience. You know, sis, to be able to come to Florida and not know nobody and to, and God's like, I want you to run for Congress. And I'm like, I don't know nobody out there. And God's like, I know everybody. Go out there and advocate and fight for the church and fight for the faith community and fight for the kids and fight for the people. Leave everything and fight for the people in the name of Jesus. I love you guys out there. Talk to you guys soon. Amen. Hallelujah.